The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to host the Amplified Radio Show with Ken Rashawn. I'm your guest host today, T. Allen Haynes. We've got some great guests for you today. Our first guest is Dan Fowler. Dan is an author, a speaker, and he's known as the Imagination Engineer. He has an extensive background in film, television, media production, and personal development coaching and training. And Dan has combined all of his years of knowledge and experience and has developed a speaking, coaching, and motivational system that empowers his audience to embody consistent positive change and maintain it through their relationships, either personal, business, or life endeavors. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, we're excited to have you, too. You've got some great things going on, and, you know, we met in Palm Springs. We were at the Public Speakers Association annual yeah. conference, so uh, you were on a panel, and I had the, had the uh, pleasure of interviewing you, and uh, it just took off from there. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, I enjoyed, enjoyed your questions on the panel, and then we just kind of started picking my brain a bit, and we started connecting, and... And now, um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of realizing some projects together, so I'm, I'm, real, I'm real pleased with that and uh, getting to know you more and what all you're up to and got to meet Ken, you know, as well at that uh, Palm Springs uh, event, too. So that was good. Absolutely. So let's get right into it, Dan. Just tell us about the types of people that you're helping and, right. and the type of business that you have right now. Sure. Well, you said the, well, the types of people I'm helping, uh, you know, I'm working with a lot of people that are in transition of some sort. So whether it be entrepreneurial transition where they're moving from one project to the next or maybe one identity to the next, or I'm also working with corporate, corporate transitions, internal transitions, as well as organizational transitions, et cetera. People that are on the, they, they know that they've got the goods or, but they're looking for the next up level, the next to be able to launch pad, or they feel that plateau. I'm really good in those areas to be able to jumpstart people, places, things, you know, objects as well as in, you know, inanimate as well as animate objects, and helping them actually see the the bigger picture of what they're doing. So sometimes we get stuck in the weeds, you know, with our business, with our our marketing and our systems and our strategies and tactics, which are all great but we start to create our own obstacles in that process 
and we're not seeing the big picture as visionaries that we truly are to step forward and go, how, how do I need to change the course of this river to go around the mountain and spending all this time trying to carve through it? And so I help people kind of reassess, get a, an elevated point of view above the obstacles that they're creating so we can create new ways that are easy with great speed in the processes that they're doing. So I created a system that, uh, that I do in my signature live events, my three-day live events, called Imagination IQ. I help people tap into both their imagination side as well as their IQ, their analytical side, mix the two together so they're working at the same time, optimized, so they can actually produce more at higher levels and move faster than any of their perceived composition out there. And we do this time and time again. People are blown away because we've been trained by society that we have a toggle switch, that we've got to be creative, and then we've got to be analytical. And I believe that you can do both at the same time. Beautiful. I've read your book, Rewrite Your Story, Reshape Your Life, and, and it definitely impacted me. And I know your backstory a little bit, but how did you come from the you know, from the film and television background to what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, well, film, television, still own my production company. It's been over 23 years now. And I, I realized that I had more to give to the world than just great media content. And the people that helped me with that were actually my clients. I had four clients that were media production clients over the course of two years tell me, practically the same thing that I kind of ignored it. I kind of like blew it off, but they told me, Dan, you're an imagination engineer. They gave me my title. I didn't like superimpose that title on myself. They told me what I was doing with them in media content. I finally, you know, kind of woke up a little bit and asked them, you know, why, why do you call me that? What's, what's different? And they just said, well, Dan, we keep coming back to you for media production, not because of the great work you do, although you do, but there's lots of people in Southern California and around the world that do great media production. We keep coming back to you. It's because for somehow, some way, you're able to jump into our heads and extract our ideas and articulate them to us before we can even do that. And you're able to, that's the imagination extraction part. And then you're able to take those ideas and then engineer them powerfully and profitably into our world. And hence, you know, imagination engineer. And I realized what they were saying to me was, I can, I can see the ethereal, and I can also bring it into the material. That's the engineer part. And so, uh, you know, a few years back, I, I owned it. I finally owned it going, hmm, there is more to me than just media production. And I started looking into the system and how I do this. And what do I really do? Because it just kind of came naturally to me. And I figured out the system, attracted backwards, and then I started teaching this system to other entrepreneurs, business owners, corporate as well, on how to take an idea and transfer it from that ethereal thought into the material world that came, became a tangible, practical piece of business acumen. And that's kind of how I stand in those both worlds. Hence, all the stuff I do now with Imagination IQ, my live events, my coaching and all that stuff, it's all geared towards taking one's dreams and ideas and manifesting that into the world. So that's where it came from. Awesome. You, you say your clients helped you do that. Do you, was there a time or a short, you know, a specific time where you said, yeah, I'm going to do this. Could you share that with us? 
<laughs> yeah, well, um, there's a lot of those moments of like, yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I just, um, I guess I'd have to start back when I was a teenager. My, my parents were very, I'll use the word oppressive to imagination or anything that was art, artsy or anything like that. Uh, I'm really good with math. I'm really good with mechanical engineering. My dad was an aerospace engineer. And so he had it in his mind that I was going to become a mechanical engineer. Well, of course, right? And I'd, I had other ideas. I mean, even back then, I, I knew that I wanted to get into film and into writing screenplays and such like that. And I, when I told my parents that I was going to do this, you know, all hell broke loose in my house. And, uh, like, I, I basically, I'm throwing my life away is what they were thinking. I'm throwing my life away. It's a hard industry, yada, yada, yada. But it's where I was driven to be driven to go and so I had the you know opposition there but I also had my own built up opposition of like can I actually do this and so I just took I've been I guess the story of my life is just big leaps of faith you know I get stuck because of my own inhibitions my own fears but then I decided you know this is crazy I need to at least try this if I fall flat on my face I do and I just would leap I would leap, and I would continue to leap. And lo and behold, every time I leaped, I landed somewhere. Maybe not exactly the place I was envisioning in my head, but I landed somewhere. I didn't fall flat on my face. I wasn't destroyed. I wasn't annihilated. My dreams kept progressing forward. So, I mean, there was, there's been many moments and points, but I guess it just came down to, you know, I guess it's that feeling, that gut feeling that you're called to do something. You're called to be a slightly different in the industry that you have chosen. You've, you're called to bring a different perspective. And so that's what I bring in today as well is a different perspective of how to approach business, relationships, life, and how to bring those ideas powerfully and profitably you know, into the world. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. I love asking this question to entrepreneurs that I get to interview and the question is, is there somebody that stands out that has inspired you along the way? Well, yes. I think it, um, I think people that, there's a lot of them. I kind of too, too many to name, really. But I think the, the inspiration always came from the most subtle individuals who were doing what they love to do. Like, I was traveling through Eastern Europe when I was younger and there was, I met, you know, these, some of these gypsies and they were, they were loving life, but they'd seem like from our Western you know, sensibilities that they were the, the recluse or they were the, the riffraff, if you will. And that's what we were taught growing up. And you look at them and you could see the, the joy in their face they're, that they're doing exactly what they are wanting to do and designed to do. Same thing in Africa. I saw that there as well. I'm like, wow. They have so little when it comes to material possessions, but the joy and the bliss behind who they are and what they do, that inspires me. So I'm like, wow, I am, I am adding on materialistic things to me in order to insulate myself from a life that I don't really want. And I thought, I got to stop this. I got to change this mindset. It's like, I don't, I need to stand in a place where I can be a beacon of light uh, for individuals that I'm, you know, called to serve and show them how joyous and blissful 
I can be when I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And other people may not understand it, and the other people may not get it. The other people may even think it's a bad thing that I'm doing what I love to do. But the people that are needing that kind of light in their life, they're going to be gravitate towards that and me, et cetera, and the money stuff and the taking care of my household stuff. That all takes care of itself. You know, that's a symptom. The money and the prestige and the fame and whatever else comes down the pipe, that's just a symptom of standing strongly in the vision and the dream that you've been given by God, the universe, however you want to put it, and not compromising for a societal uh, expectation of you. Perfect. So when we were chatting in Palm Springs, you were talking about a lot of things, but one thing that stood out to me was the challenge that you're finding with people that are doing seminars these days. Mm-hmm. What kind of misconceptions are out there in the marketplace with seminar leaders and people that do events? Interesting. Yeah, the, I don't know if it's misconception. Well, I guess it's just not, uh, it's ignorance. Not, I don't know if it's misconception, but ignorance that there's uh, only one way to, to do a live event. You know, I, I see the model of doing live events and there's only a couple that I see that are prevalent out there and they've been, they've been being done like that for decades, decades and decades. Now I'm not saying that those models are inherently bad or wrong or they're not, they can be done with integrity and et cetera. However, the, the way in which the, the people, I'll call them that the people that come to these events, they're, they're looking for something else. You know, 30 years ago, the traditional style event that we're used to worked fine because the, the people coming were expecting that and wanting that. They wanted information. We were in deep in the information age, and we're breaking out of that information age. In the last, I would say, five to seven years, we've been transitioning out of the information age and into the age of experiences. And so, and the the event industry, people who produce events, whether it be for seminars, workshops, you know, three day events, you know, for entrepreneurs, corporate, whatever, they're not keeping up with this transition. They're still doing the same thing over and over again, and they're having a harder and harder time. Well, one, filling their rooms, two, getting people who are excited to take the next step, and and three, they're they put in these aggressive tactics to, I'll just say it, to wear people down in the event in order for them to feel worthless, depravity, and feel like the only way to not feel this way is to pull out my credit card and buy a big program. And so it's prevalent, and it's not because somebody's trying to be malicious most of the time. It's because they don't know any better. It's the ignorance part. And so a few years back, I was prompted to really study what traditional events are doing, not only in the systematic part, but also to the body, too, like your physical body. What is it doing to me energetically, you know, chemically in my body? What, what, what's happening? And so did a lot of studying. In over 18 months, I also created a survey for event goers, and because I was going to lots of these events, whether attending or speaking at them. And uh, over 18 minutes, I interviewed over 400 event goers, and they took my survey, collected all this data, and lo and behold, you know, their information that they were putting in the survey was exactly how I would answer those questions, for the most part, about 98%. 
of their answers were just like mine. And I was, I was baffled by this. Going, Why are all these people going to these events if they have all these pet peeves about them? And the number one reason was that they didn't know that there was an alternative. They thought this was all that was there. So I, like, I got very convicted. and go, all right, God, I get it. I'm the one that's having an issue with this. I thought I was crazy, but I'm not. People are just being quiet about it because they think there's no alternative. I'm going to go create an alternative that's a 180 of the traditional event model. And that's where Imagination IQ that I mentioned before was born. Nice. Can you describe for us, without mentioning names, obviously, but how you've actually helped someone overcome those challenges with these seminars and how they're doing it differently? Sure, sure. Well, um, one of my... It's not so much about the seminar, but it's about it's the energy behind the yep. seminar or the idea of gamification and fully interactive, immersive experiences that change people. So one of my very first clients along those lines of who came to the very first Imagination IQ, he was drawn to it. He, he ultimately took from that the ability to see the big picture differently to see the interactions between people, places, things, environments, all that we teach from a, from a live event standpoint. And he started applying it to his business, and ultimately he's, he's one of the biggest co-op, uh, like business co-op location uh, developers in, on the East Coast now. He's in Rochester, New York. So I'll tell you that, that much. He's, he's on the news all the time now. He's going nuts. He's creating business communities based off of mutual interests, mutual benefits. And like, wow. And, and those places, those co-op places, those workplaces, are, work co-ops, are extremely collaborative and very inclusive, like inclusive small-knit small, uh, communities. And that's all what we were teaching from a Imagination IQ standpoint, creating community-driven, organic what we call manifestation, organic things that are not these on-demand conveyor belt of, of energy and creativity and awesome execution. That's what working, you know, co-op working spaces do as well. So he's not doing live events for entrepreneurs or corporate, but he's doing interactive, community-driven co-working co-ops, which has a lot of the very, very same, uh, a lot of similarities to what we do with Imagination IQ. Excellent. Well, we're really excited about what you're doing in the seminar space, but what would be your first thing that somebody should think about uh, considering this type of an event? Yeah. What do you mean, like to attend the event or to create one on their own? To create one. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's really about, it's not about what message you want to get across, because that's clear. It's about how you want that message to go get across. <laughs> so, right. You know, there's one thing about delivering content. That's great. But it's the context in which you drive that content or bring it home to people. That's going to make the difference. How I'm going to learn it. Am I going to learn it at a surface level? Or am I going to be able to really get interacted with that content in a, in a very cool and kinesthetic context that causes it to stick, causes it to really land with me and for me to give me the apparatus to apply it. That's a, that's a big, big difference. A lot of these traditional workshops and seminars and live events, 
They have tons of great content. Don't get me wrong. That's not like the content I have against, but they are firehousing it. They're just saying, open up, your, open up wide, and I'm going to shoot the firehose of content at you, and we're hoping that one droplet sticks somewhere. And I'm saying, well, we don't need the firehose. We can actually do sim- simplify the content. We can actually do less in that process and really go deep with that, with those pieces within the context of the environment, of the exercises, of activities, interaction with the speaker, and make it so that the people are really feeling like they're simulating this in the moment. They can see themselves doing this outside of the event hall, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas most live events these days is, let me tell you something, go apply it, I wish you well. And it's just content. So for me, I'm always coming in, or if people are asking me what's the first thing I need to do, Look at the ways in which you deliver the, the content. And, you know, that's, that's really the key point. And if it's just content-driven, look at ways in which you can break that up into context little portals that you can take one at a time. People will be able to digest it better and be able to use it better. It also makes a great connection between the audience and you and shows them that you are the catalyst for the next step. So that works perfectly into sales and any products or offerings that you may have at the end of your time speaking and teaching with them. That's exciting. The, yes, absolutely. You know, you described about or you talked about how actually sitting in an event all day long is unhealthy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Well, it, it's just let's apply other science from other places. I mean, the, the science is there. It's irrefutable that the – you know, people in sitting jobs, you know, they're sitting at a desk at a cubicle all day long, have more health problems than people that are not sitting uh, behind a desk all day long. After 20 minutes of sitting, your body starts, your legs, your electro, electrical impulses from your brain to the lower half of your body shut off. And then about another 10 minutes after that, muscles start to shut off and start to there's some uh, atrophy starting. Atrophy begins. You start to die <laughs> in that process. So sitting for long periods of time causes the body to start to shut down, especially at 90-degree angles, which a lot of these chairs are in, yada, yada, yada. So when I look at events, um, I understand we're used to chairs. You're doing events at places that have chairs. Okay, great. So we're sitting in chairs. Let's get them up every 20 minutes. Now, to some people who are not used to this, that sounds disruptive. You're interrupting my talk. But what would you rather have? Being able to spout off all of your content in Content Firehose and maybe have one person, two people really get it because they're really analytical and everybody else's, their bodies are shutting down and tuning out? Or would you like to have the majority of the room really be interactive and connected to you and your content through these interactive contexts, but whether they get to play with each other, play with you, they're going, you're going to make a whole lot more money doing this. You're going to sell a whole lot more programs and people are going to remember you for a whole lot longer. Absolutely. We got about four minutes to wrap this up, but exactly what is the best way for people to learn? And you're tapping into that. Can you go into that just a little bit? Sure. I, I follow a, uh, it's called the Cone of Learning, C-O-N-E, Cone of Learning. It's one of the baseline things I teach within gamification. And Dr. Edgar Dale, 1969, came up with this. 
And I look at this, and I think, I'm scratching my head, and I wonder why we don't apply this. It's been around for a while. It's been around for, you know, oh, 45 years or so. So and I, look, I look at the kind of learning, and the very, there's, like th- there's six major pieces to this cone. It's like a big pyramid. There's a tip and then the base. And the top three are reading something, hearing something, seeing something. Those top three at the top of the pyramid is what we, what we experience at most events. I read something in my manual. I look at something on, on a screen, and I see somebody on stage far away elevated above me. And that's what is used. But the bottom half of the code of learning is all about st- taking it to the next level, like simulating the concept, playing a game around the concept, doing the real thing, dramatic re- reenactments, things like that. They get people engaged in the content and pl- get to play it out. When you are actively involved with it, it starts to integrate. And we call it embodying the content within your body. I mean, the brain is using the rest of your body as its sensory capacitor, you know, receiving content. If you're only using ears, and eyes, then you're shutting down all the rest of the ways in which you can receive information and how to apply it for in, in real time. And so I, I really focus on the bottom half of the cone of learning, simulating things in real time, doing exercises and activities that get people moving and in, in, in motion, as well as, let's say, like giving people scenarios that are real-life scenarios that lead towards expressing themselves in a uh, life, lifelike, real-time simulation. And it works I, really, really well. And I do this at my, my live events, Imagination IQ. We do this to really not only teach a point, but for people to understand how they can apply the point, not only in the moment, but also when you leave the event. I love it. So we're excited that you're going to be a part of you, Mission Critical, here in Houston in January. So uh, yeah, congratulations on that. I'm excited about that too. So the, it's, it's going to be an utter blast, and pun is intended, because the people that are going to be coming there, a lot of them are going to be stepping onto the launch pad, quote-unquote, for the very first time, and they're going to be surrounded by some awesome experts like yourself to be able to get them prepared to really take off and, and achieve the things that they really, really want in their business or their relationship to their life. Awesome. For more information on that, it's umissioncriticalevent.info, and that'll be in the notes section. But then again, hot out of Houston, we're going to be in Vegas for Imagination IQ with you. Absolutely, yeah. Imagination IQ, the next rendition is is February 16, 17, and 18 in Las Vegas. It's it's my fully gamified super signature event. Uh, epic event experience is what I call it. So, you know, if there's any interest there, if you want to see this in action, if you're looking to you know, gamify your own events, you can come and take a look at how I do it because it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. Everybody that comes, they say various different things. I get lots of clients that say, man, Dan, um, I wish your, your event would never end. <laughs> it's because I energize people instead of, instead of sucking the energy from them. And I also say, hey, I wish I could take your event home with you, with us, and those types of things. You're going to have a sense of camaraderie and community in that place. It's not just about you, but it's about the group context as well. And boy, oh boy, you're going to walk away with some very actionable steps on how to take 
your business or your idea or your dream and bring it into the tangible space. Awesome. Just to wrap this up, how can people find out more about you and your event real quick? Sure. You can take a look at the website. It's for the event. It's imagination IQ, imagination IQ, all in word.com. And there's our landing page for our website. Let's check out all the speakers that are there as well. Um, T. Allen is actually one of our one of our speakers, so I'm happy and pleased to have that happening. Where you can see everything that we're all about, some pictures from past events, videos from past event attendees, and hopefully we get to see you coming on out. And I'll just throw it in here too that we're in early bird step. And if you want to get a massive four hundred dollar that's four hundred dollar discount off of your tickets, you can you can do so by just plugging in on the checkout. The word imagination, that is your coupon code. It'll take an automatic $400 off either the general admission or the VIP ticket as well. Awesome. Well, Dan, I'm excited for you. Thanks for being on the show. Great interview, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in action. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. God bless. Thank you. All right, we'll go right into a break. We'll see you in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Wow, thank you, thank you. It's 
T. Allen Haynes here, setting in for the fabulous Ken Rashawn. And what a great guest we had at the beginning of the hour. Now we have another great guest, Jennifer Baker. She's a servant-driven leader helping businesses and executives and politicians operate based on their values, purpose, and authenticity. Jennifer Baker has been selected as one of America's premier experts and spends her time speaking, training, and supporting tens of thousands of companies that range from solopreneurs, home-based businesses, to Fortune 100 companies worldwide. She's an author, talk show creator, and a host of a radio show that streams worldwide, business and political consultant, professional speaker and trainer, and a certified digital marketer for Constant Contact. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. What a pleasure. That's a long resume. (laughs) Thanks thanks for taking the time to spend it with us on the Amplified Radio Show. So let's just get right into it. Tell us about your business and the types of people that you're helping. Well, my business is... um, Gosh, there's a couple of different directions I can go with that. My business is business and political consulting. The easiest way to explain it. I'm a speaker, author, trainer, consultant, and it really is all focused on small businesses and entrepreneurs trying to figure out what works best for them on on all levels, so both through political purposes and through business development and specialty, uh, niche marketing, branding, those type of things. That's all that I try to focus on. I used to be, um, sadly, during the, the bad times, during the 07, 08, 09 crash, we, um, we had to turn our attention to corporate turnaround work and much more critical business conversations with our politicians. But today really is back to focusing on success and, and really cool things that we can do to amplify our success and, and make more money. Perfect. How I've read your backstory, but how did you get started in this field by, you know, helping people and and coaching them to success? How did you get started in it? Oh, that's a great story. I was originally a gaming executive for any of you that have ever been to the casinos and know anyone that they call a whale or a, a big VIP player. My job was to run the casinos with everything in regards to those types of people. And I was in that industry for um, almost 20 years. My purpose was being denied, and so I actually retired at the ripe old age of 35 from that industry and walked into my own business from really just a calling. It was a message that I kept receiving in several different ways. And Tracy, if you've ever received a message, it comes in several different directions, several different manners, and several different voices, and several different pain points, Mm. (laughs) of which, in my case, the the pain point became so strong. The final straw was, as I tease everyone, I say that I was hit by a two-by board and landed in a hospital. So, um, (sighs) by the grace of God, I started my business. Because when I was um, a couple of years prior to me retiring, I found myself, you know, in the hospital having an emergency surgery that was due to stress and just overworking and doing too much and not taking care of myself. So it, for, for four years, I had heard that I needed to do something different, and I denied it. I said, you've got to be kidding. I make a great income. I support my whole family. I am the breadwinner. You can't really walk away from that. And uh, so... 
by the time I was hit by the, the last um, power punch of a two-by-four, it really was clear to me that I had to walk away and that I had no other option but to go serve my true purpose, which is doing exactly what I'm doing today, fighting ferociously for small businesses and for all areas that support entrepreneurs and small businesses because at the end of the day, that supports the economic stability in our country and in our world. Very cool. And I know there's been a line of people that have inspired you, but there's someone really special that's inspired you. Can you tell us about that that's inspired you along the way? <laughs> I have several. Um, you're now an inspiration to me as well. So you're, you're added to the list. I, I think you're talking about Jack Hanfield, if not the one that I'm hanging out with this weekend, which is uh, – well, a few of them that I'm hanging out with this weekend, which is Alex Stern from Constant Contact. He's one of the three founders that were in the attic. And um, Bill Walsh, which is, I'm now working with, and a couple of others here in town. But truly, I think the one you're talking about is Jack Canfield. Absolutely. Am I right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so Mr. Jack Canfield, when I met him many, many years ago, I was 19 years old, um, I fell in love with his energy and his kindness and his direct approach to what it took to be successful. Um, I was actually at a seminar, at a, a weekly meeting seminar program, and um, he walked in and he just inspired me so deeply that I bought all of his products that day. <laughs> and then I continued to buy all of his materials for many years to come. And so it was the only time I'd ever met him up until recently. But he made such an impact in my life at that time. For anyone who has teenagers, I would highly recommend that if you just can't figure out what's going wrong or what's happening, that you get them to some of these seminars and programs that are going on. Um, you know, a lot of times these guys work in home-based situations where they do like the big seminars for them. If you can't afford to go to, you know, one of these great big ones and pay $25,000, you can certainly sign up for a home-based business and go slide into one for, you know, next to nothing. So keep that in mind because the minute your kids get to hear the information that you and I know today, it changes their life also. And that's really what happened to me at 19. What an impact that this man made on my life and so many different things that he said just really resonated with me and, and were permanently embedded in who I became in my profession. And at that time, I think some of his advice had helped me. I was at I was going to college and I was an account executive at AT&T at the time and I was already blowing up the numbers. I was number one in sales for the business phone system during that time for the entire tenure I was there. But I'll tell you the difference was I, I learned how to make the income and to drive and push hard. But what I, what I learned from him probably most, there was a nasty email that went out to all of us executives um, that were working at the time. Basically, it was owed to the indispensable man, and I won't read it off to you because it was pretty pretty intense, but I don't know which Yahoo supervisor decided to send it out, but at that moment, I remembered what Jack told me, and this is how impactful it was for me. What Jack said was, we all have a purpose, we all have something very important we should be doing, and that we mm. should make everybody else around us value us for who we truly are. This owed to an indispensable, indispensable man came around. And the next day I said, obviously, this company does not value me. I can bring value to any company I come to, nor will they miss me when I'm gone. So I left, actually put in my, my notice the next day and said, I'm done. 
I won't work somewhere that I am not truly valued as somebody who's important to the company. Harry was number one in sales, and they accidentally send this out to all of their salespeople, including their number one person. So, you know, Jack has been very, very influential in my life, and not all of it came from long conversations. It was just really just reading his materials and, and living it. So we all hear about great seminars and great books and great things, but it's truly what you do with the materials that you're given that makes the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I've, been, yeah. I've just been around you a short... And it doesn't hurt short... that I got to write a book with him this last year either, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. We'll get into that for sure. What, what drives you and in, in what's your passion to do what you do to help the people that you help? That's a great question. Thank you for asking me that. Not many people ask that part of it. And I'll share with you from the standpoint of an analytical person, what drives me is God's energy. So the energy that we get from creating positive, amazing ripples for our world, it creates, as they say, the, the chives flow all both. In, in this case, what, what is my true passion is seeing us turn the corner on economic hard times and turn the corner on the direction that we're going as a society and really create a positive impact that our next generation receive a more beautiful world to live in and yet a more accountable world to live in than we have today, which means that they value it at a higher level because they're accountable to what we're doing to make it so. And I know that sounds a little cliche, so let me share it from from sort of a practical standpoint. Mm -hmm. If I help a small business owner or an entrepreneur who is stuck in a J-O-B, a just over broke situation, struggling financially, has a glass window over their head, and is trying to figure out how to go live their purpose and passion, and I go help them serve their purpose and passion and make more money without a glass level over their head, then what does that do for our world? What it does is it creates financial and economic stability across the board because if that solopreneur or that small business owner is making money, they start growing and making more because what happens is gravitational pull takes hold and people start seeing it and coming to them and doing more with them. They feel their life has been enriched. They enrich the lives of generations to come in their life by showing happiness and spending time with their families and getting back to the roots of what makes a successful family, and that is being connected and close and communicating with your parents regularly. On top of that, you also get involved in what's going on in the school. You get involved in nonprofits that seem to make a difference to you in the world somewhere, and you're able to give back, and you're able to be more generous. You're able to be that more powerful person who is affecting change in the world in positive ways because they're just simply more financially stable than they were working at the just over growth moment. So really, that's my passion. It's, it's not so much about, oh, I'm going to help everybody become a success. It, that word is very cliche. But when I wrote the book with, with my chapter in mind, it was really about helping people realize that success is very different and unique for every person. My idea of success for me was being able to raise two amazing kids who are going to go out and make a difference in the world and create that positive ripple effect. I can only control so much in my life, but if I'm out serving everybody else and making them successful and taking away from my kids, 
and not teaching them everything I know today so that they can pass it on also, then I've done a disservice to my own internal foundation. And I want that for everyone. I want them all, I want everyone to feel the joy that I'm feeling of knowing that we're all doing something really cool to affect change and, and positive ripple effects in the world. Awesome. That, that's a great mission and great passion. And thanks for sharing that with us. And as you know, entrepreneurs and consultants relieve problems in the marketplace for entrepreneurs and other business owners. What do you find being the most common obstacle for business owners or entrepreneurs? Time. Time and knowledge. Um, Money comes, so money is never the issue. You can earn money, raise money, borrow money, you name it. Money's not the issue. People will always say money is the issue, but it's not. Truly, it's the ability to discern between what works and what doesn't. That's the time and, and knowledge at the same time. If you can figure out how to laser focus on the things that are most important to you that will make you money, then it's time management at that moment because it's just about focusing on those, laser focusing on those things that will make a huge impact financially and being discerning to get rid of all of the things that aren't making you money. So as an entrepreneur, I can tell you the first thing I did when I um, retired from the gaming industry was decided I was going to work for my pajamas for the first week of being in business for myself because I'd always kind of dreamed of it. I heard it from somebody else once that they did it, and I thought it would be funny to do. And I can tell you, you get really, really comfortable wasting time and chasing butterflies, as I call it, chasing different online solutions and different business ideas and, you know, different sparkly things out there in the world. You waste a lot of time going and doing the research and you're spending a lot of money and resources out there trying to figure out what works and what doesn't, which is what led me to start doing the online seminars and programs and speaking that I do. So I do a lot of free seminars, a lot of inexpensive seminars, as well as my motivational seminars. And all of those are focused on how to do the right thing with the right tools, with the right amount of messaging in it so that it's a quick, easy, clear call to action and people get to the point. Um, you know, there's a lot of content bloggers out there that will tell you the more content you write, the better off you are. I will tell you it's the exact opposite. The world is on to Twitter and 30-second, you know, face value. So if you can't make a difference with me in 30 seconds, I start my discernment process of how quickly do I have to remove myself from the conversation if I know I'm not in the right place. And I'm not alone in this. This is human nature. So I've helped start doing that as well with small businesses, what that does for them to have a, a person who is not attached to any financial outcome and has nothing to gain other than seeing my true purpose come through and just giving them the right information right up front we're cutting out a lot of the minutia that causes problems in our small business world today and helping those small businesses get going. Sadly, most of the nonprofits and, and political organizations and large corporations all have a marketing department, and they have marketing dollars set aside to support them and do everything they want to do. The small business owner and entrepreneurs don't. And not only that, they don't have any money to waste, they usually don't have a lot of budget to pay for something of high quality anyway. So when they're out looking for information, they just start reaching out to people that they think might know what they're doing. And you can 
call yourself a consultant at all kinds of levels. Tracy, I'm sure you've seen this in your world. Um, there's lots of levels of coaches and consultants in the world. Most of them have at some point failed at something else, and so they think that they need to just start their own business and be a consultant. But what if I could help, I don't know, the next 10,000 consultants figure out what they're doing wrong and create a ripple effect where they go help 10,000 and they go help 10,000? You know, three levels down, we're making a huge impact in the world today. Whereas when they started out, they didn't have the knowledge that they needed to go help those clients get started. So I love the, the constant contact seminars I do. I love the free business development seminars and webinars that I do. Most of what I do for business development is sponsored by one company or another, and I work with several different online marketing companies because that is the best and easiest form of marketing and the least expensive today. So... It's nice to know that I can do that for the solopreneurs because they are, in my opinion, the ones that need the most help and are in the worst uh, fear factor situation and hurt financially the most. Out of every business that you deal with, if we can all just lock arms and take care of our small businesses and solopreneurs, our economic situation is going to stay very stable. We're going to be in great shape. Absolutely. Well, you're definitely an educator and an advocate to the small business owner. And it comes to a point, could you describe for us in about three minutes, we're about ready to wrap this up, can you describe how you've helped the small business owner uh, improve their situation? (laughs) I can. Um, I show up to all kinds of crazy business development events. Um, I'm down here at the Ultimate Wealth Building camp right now. I'll be showing up to a couple of things that you're doing and a few others. And then what I do is I go through certification programs. I analyze software. I analyze all kinds of different business models. And then I help everybody from a home-based business MLM company all the way through to a company that is in, you know, corporate America. The last huge corporation that I worked with as a corporate turnaround is a Fortune 100 company, which was pretty awesome. So all of those different businesses, what I do is I go out and make sure that my knowledge is at the highest level possible. And that way, when I meet with a client, I know what they need. So really, it starts with a simple conversation of, let's have a conversation. Everybody else would call it a consultation. I'd like to just open it up, remove any screens that may become an issue, and just say, let's have a conversation. If in that 30-minute or one-hour conversation that we have, I find things I can throw out and hand you quickly and easily to get you back into business and moving, I do that. If I can't, I have lots of different programs at all different levels that I can guide you into at your price point that you can afford and that you can breathe accepting. You know, I'm, I'm listening to all kinds of different pitch fest programs all across the nation on a regular basis, and you see these people fret and get in arguments about if they can afford to do something, and they claim that that makes them have buy-in to the program. I disagree with that strongly. A small business owner has buy-in because they go home at night and they look at their kids or they look at their spouse and they have to be fully accountable for their actions every day. So I would rather be the one that sits through these programs. And then when I bring something back to them, I know it's a quality and value. And so I am as straightforward and as quick to answer as I can be to not waste time and not waste anybody's resources. And I charge nothing for my first couple conversations. Sometimes I charge nothing at all, especially if the business owner can't afford it and has everything really going for them in the right direction, but they just can't figure out what they're doing wrong. 
you know, it's, it's really important that the business owners understand that online marketing is the easiest to do. They have no idea. There's tens of thousands of products out there on the market to use. I'll get right to the point and say, what are you doing? Why do we need this? Here's what you need to start with. Here's where you need to grow to. And by the time you're done, these are the additional things you'll need to do. And that's in a short hour conversation that costs them nothing. That's mm. the stuff that I feel like I do to help everybody, you know, sort of as a blanket statement. That's really where it starts with a conversation. Perfect. Well, that leads us into you realizing a childhood dream. Congratulations on being co-authored with Jack Canfield. <laughs> Thank you. I'm actually fulfilling a second childhood dream with you over at NASA as well. These are both huge. You have no idea. The little girl from a small town of 250 people gets to be, you know, on stage and be in a book with Jack Canfield and all these amazing authors that we've been a part of with The Road to Success. And that has been just one of the coolest things I've ever done, not to mention getting the bestseller award and the XB award as well, which was great. But now I get to do my other childhood thing. I am a kind of a goofball, and I love science, and I love NASA. And I actually, as a child, I was glued to the TV anytime there was anything about a space station or you know any of that. And I actually, you know, put to the college when she went up. That was one of the moments of my life that defined me as a human being and my emotional intelligence, my my ways of things that, that really mattered to me. An understanding that life is so precious. You know, she took a chance, and she it cost her her life. Those are moments in your life that define you. So I cannot wait to be in NASA with you, and I promise you I will bring my heart and I will give all I've got to make our event amazing and to share in our book knowledge so that we can serve our community because this, again, is my one of my other childhood dreams. And that actually started when I was in the fourth grade, so much, much longer dream than even being with Jack Hanfield. Well, that's amazing. We're super excited to have you at U Mission Critical Space Center NASA in January. Those dates are January 30th and 31st, and that information will be in the show notes. You're in for a treat, Jennifer. I am Mm -hmm. so excited for you and for everybody that's going to be there. I cannot wait. Tracy, you have made my one of my other childhood dreams come true, and I just cannot wait to see you and give you a hug and say thank you so much. And to bring a bunch of my friends from the Houston area and Dallas are coming and up in Oklahoma, there's a bunch of them that are really, really excited about being there with us, and I just can't wait to see you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So tell the audience how they can find out more about you and how they can connect with you. Absolutely. So once I am out of this fantastic event, I will be heading home. You can reach me a couple of ways, and this is um, a couple of different websites. One is AskJenBaker, J-E-N-N-Baker.com. And you can also reach me because I just happen to be the owner of TheRoadToSuccess.com. I believe the .com for Ask Jen Baker is not functional at the moment. I believe it's .biz because they're, they're designing it, but it's a contact information work. And the Road to Success is available. The contact information is in there. Feel free to reach out to me. If not, the easiest way is askjenbaker at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, imagine this, at Ask Jen Baker. And on Twitter, at Ask Jen Baker as well, and Instagram. So it's very easy to find me. Just ask Jen Baker a question, and I'm happy to answer it. 
Well, that's awesome. Thank you for being on the show, Jennifer. We're super excited to see you on the road and impacting people's lives. So thanks again for being on the Amplified Radio Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. And Tracy, you rock. You're amazing. I cannot wait to see you. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Well, there you have it for this edition of the Amplified Radio Show with Ken Roshan. I'm T. Allen Haynes, your guest host. We'll see you the next time. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashawn again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard. 